In the latest Tech to Transform podcast, Mantis MD Eleanor Willock delves into the subject of chemistry. She asks, why is chemistry so important? Does it mean different things to an agency than it does to a client? And whose job is it to build it? Eleanor and her guest, Alison O'Leary from Live True, examine some of their past chemistry experiences and get deeply into a discussion on the impact of shared values on chemistry. Alison also gives her experience on the personality types of a typical PR person. If you are building any sort of team or looking to engage with a PR agency, this is the podcast for you. Take a listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next Tech to Transform podcast. I'm your host today, Eleanor Willock, and I have got um, a fantastic guest with me this morning. I'd like to introduce you to Alison O'Leary. Alison from Live True Coaching. Hello. Hi there. Thank you very much for having me and that lovely introduction. Well, you're welcome. I think probably during this this chat, people will find out a little bit more about how we know each other. But um, first of all, let's talk about what you do now and how you do it. Well, uh, now I'm a career coach. So I work with people in in a professional capacity within corporates and I do a lot of work with PR and and, and agency and comms people because of my background. But I also work with individuals on a personal basis, helping people with career progression, career change, kind of a whole gamut of stuff. And how do we know each other? (laughs) So before this, (laughs) I spent 20 years doing uh, PR for technology companies and we worked together at Text 100 many moons ago. We did. And uh, every time I see your face, it, it feels like yesterday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> In a good way, you know. In a good way. So because of uh, what I know about Alison and how we work together and some of the things that we achieved and the way that working at an agency like Tax 100 in our 20s and 30s made us feel. And because of Alison's current role, she's the perfect person to talk about a subject that I want to discuss today, which is loosely chemistry. What chemistry means in, for a PR person, for an agency person, for client life, et cetera, et cetera. But first, seeing as I've got you in this um, axis of evil between being a career coach and being a um, being an ex-PR person, let's put a myth to bed, shall we? What is a typical PR person, in your opinion? Oh, I love this question. Well, the, 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 the general, okay, I think the general rule is everybody thinks that a, general, a typical PR person is somebody who's an absolute all-rounder because, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many things you've got to be really good at, you know, and, and but for me, that is a total myth, you know, and it, it's, it, it, I just think the whole thing, it doesn't work because everybody has got certain skills and abilities and, you know, if honing in on those things is what makes people successful rather yeah. than trying to be all things to all men. Yeah. So in my view, there is no such thing as a typical PR person. You know, you might have somebody who's really good at particularly at say, you know, and that side of the you know, building business. You have somebody who's really good at writing. You'll have someone who's really good at client management, their agency side, you know, and, and I think those are the things to focus on rather than trying to say there is a typical person that's amazing at everything. It doesn't exist. I I agree and especially if you're entering PR at graduate level when one is asked the question why do you want to work in PR Mm -hmm. if I had a pound for the amount of times I've heard because I'm a people person and I like writing stuff (laughs) yeah 
yeah <laughs> yeah I mean that's it you know I've done a lot of work done a lot of coaching work with people who who kind of feel like this pressure you know particularly people who are quite introverted and quiet so they might be particularly good at writing or you know or they want to be somebody who's really good in the background good at operational stuff mm-hmm. but that you know they are being required you know either through the role or, or the expectation is that they get better at the social side of of the job and of course it's just it's it's a nightmare for them it doesn't work very well you know with the best will in the world all of the effort and energy and training is only ever going to make somebody who isn't naturally good at that stuff incrementally better they're never going to be amazing at it and my argument is always if if you know if you've got somebody like that why you know why not channel loads of time and energy into developing what a person is really good at you know, and then matching them up with team members who are good at those other things so that everyone gets a chance to do a lot of what they do well. I think that's a really good point. And one that I want to come back to is about matching people up and building teams because that's something that's important for obviously us as an agency and every other agency, but also in terms of matching people to clients. So as I want to talk about chemistry, mm. let's define it according to both of us. So. Okay. I would define chemistry completely differently in terms of personal chemistry and professional chemistry. And I've been giving this quite a lot of thought because I think to a lot of people that know me, they know that I'm a sociable person, a person that likes forming connections with people and finds it much easier to work with people if I have something that I can connect with them on. But I'm hyper aware that that's not the case for everybody and that a lot of people prefer to work without those connections and find those connections quite uncomfortable. Mm. I think I'm only just, in terms of my length of career, starting to realise that. I think Mm. I assumed that everybody liked that to start off with. Yeah. (laughs) A poor assumption. (laughs) Um, So, you know, personal chemistry for me is is all centred around warmth and humour. Mm-hmm. professional chemistry is centered around um, taking ideas and making them happen and being confident that those ideas are deliverable with the, the the right person being able to see that and be able to understand how it might happen and that's how the chemistry starts for me what about for you well for me I kind of don't it's interesting that you split it up in the two for me it boils down to for every individual a sense of connection so it's the same word but it's a feeling it's almost like an emotional state so no matter what what who the person what the person is like you know whether there's somebody who's social and likes like you said like you likes to build those connections or there's somebody that's quieter or kind of more reserved it's actually what you know for me chemistry is a feeling that's created that makes somebody feel like okay there's a sense of either familiarity or or okay like you get me or mm-hmm. it just it feels like a fit it's a very nebulous thing it's hard to put your finger on but I think it's an emotional reaction at the deepest level you know whether people yeah. would, would call it out as that I think it's just it's a feeling state <laughs> you know and on top of that so that's the initial the initial filter is do I feel like we're a fit from that emotional kind of connection point of view and then second to that do I sense that you could do the job yeah <laughs> you know it's all well liking somebody but actually do you also have the credibility and the you know do I do, do you instill a sense of confidence in me that you know what you're talking about and that's where the word chemistry for me really becomes inappropriate for what the relationship between agency and client actually is mm. 
um, I wouldn't think I'm alone as an agency principal in reading RFPs and seeing that part of uh, our response will be judged on chemistry or there will be a chemistry meeting before we get to proposal yeah. stage. I haven't got a definitive answer from a, any clients about this or any prospects, but I would be doubtful that there is any client or anybody looking to engage a services or creative business that doesn't judge an agency on the ability to do the job over whether they feel like a fit. I think chemistry from the client side is all about, can these people deliver for me? Can I trust them to deliver? Mm. Because there's so much more riding on the on, on this the, on the delivery of like or get on with them. Yeah. It's interesting. It's an interesting question or, or thought because I think as much as you obviously as a client, you want you want to know, you want to feel absolutely that the, you know, these people are on the money, the agency's on the money, they're going to be able to do the job, they're going to, you know, they're going to help me meet my KPIs and make me look good to my organization, right. which is frankly what, what mostly people care about. Exactly. Um, at the same time, I think if they don't feel a very kind of it, like it's a deep level, although they probably might not recognize it that way, if they don't feel a level of connection from a personal point of view, I, just, I think there's a hole. Yeah, and that can that can form that, you know because ultimately you know these these relationships only work best if they are relationships if they are partnerships if you trust the other person well, if you like them if you if you feel like you are you're in it together. But there's a difference. Yeah, you see, you and I are on the same page there. You said relationship and partnership and being in it together. That's the difference. There's a relationship, isn't there? And then yeah. there's a partnership. So the best agency client relationships are the partnership. Yeah. The we stand as one team to help you, the bigger company, and yeah. we are all working together for that. Yeah. But there's so many situations where the relationship is the client pulling the agency along or yeah. the agency pulling the client along. And it's, you know, it's it's not a relationship of equals. And when we talk about chemistry, I think if both sides if they're honest look at that and think okay what am I here am I going to be the person giving the advice that's always going to be ignored or am I going to be the person um, that's helping the inexperienced client understand their industry mm. or am I going to be the client that um, wants to minimize the agency's involvement above gatekeep or am I going to be the client that gives e equality and um, equality in terms of where the results come from and, and how they get there. So that's the relationship, isn't it? Yeah. Different from a partnership. In no way am I saying that either is good or bad, actually, in that way. But I, I personally believe the partnership approach is the way to go. And that's where, for me, the chemistry comes from. Mm -hmm. Can I bring this group of people, whether it's one, a, a team of one or a team of 75, and make them my partners? Yeah. Well, it just it works best if you're absolutely in it together and then it's formed on a basis of respect, you know, mutual respect. And I think that's where a lot of relationships fall or partnerships fall down where yeah. that's missing. So that again brings me on to another bigger question. So, you know, if you're if you're if you're looking for a new agency and you are a very large multinational business and you've got a big budget to spend, 
your trust and your chemistry is going to be with the most senior people within the agency or the group of agencies or the, the CEO of the agency that's going to provide you with the local agency. So how does that chemistry translate down and whose responsibility is it to translate it down? Good question. Yeah, because if they've bought into the most senior, you know, the senior leaders of, of, mm-hmm. of whichever agency and they've not necessarily had interaction with the day to day team as such or very little, you know, typically you would expect just in a normal agency structure that the job, you know, the person whose job it is would be whoever is leading the account. So whether that's a director, an associate director or an AD, depending on the size of the account. But it's not necessarily always the case. For me, I think the person that needs to own that is the person who has the most natural skill set in in relationship building and Mm. creating that partnership. Now, that could just as easily be an account manager as it could, you know, AD or above. It's the person who's got the ability to make the client feel heard, understood, you know, cared about but also has the skills to be able to hold the client to account, have tough conversations, you know, again, based on mutual respect and trust. The client, you know, feels that you're there to do the best possible job for them. And that's sometimes going to mean that you tell them things they don't want to hear. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's, if we go all the way back to a typical PR person, that is a skill and a natural talent that has to be the most developed in anybody anybody man or woman young or old that's the skill that comes as you grow up in public relations is the skill to effectively consult I'm going to call it consultation rather than pushing back or challenging because that's what you know we're PR consultants we're communications consultants And it's something that I've noticed I've I've found a lot easier as I've become more mature within the industry. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right. It is, you know, it's a skill that is picked up and learned. You know, the more you do it, the more more exposure you get to it, the more more war wounds you get from getting it wrong. (laughs) You know, yeah, but there is also, you know, with some people, a natural ability to do that, you know, to, to, to be able to build and, and, and repair relationships when things go wrong. Tell me how we can search for that quality at recruitment stage. What would I be looking for? In so a you'd be looking for somebody, and I think, and you know, I use a, a system that I, you know, with a, a lot of the people that I coach um, called Clifton Strengths um, mm-hmm. by Gallup, and it it's a methodology that helps identify a person's natural strengths or talents. And there are there are 34 strengths that any one person might have according to their methodology. And of those 34, they're, they're based, they fit into four categories. And one of them is around relationship building. Right. So the skills and abilities that lie within relationship building are the ones that are really going to come to the fore, you know, in, in, in that instance. And that's not to say, you know, people without those skills can't do the job. They just come at it from a different angle. But if you're if you're if you're actively seeking individuals who are going to be able to put themselves in the shoes of the client, be able to truly make the client feel like they're they're understood and and cared about. Yeah. Um, you know, and to then to therefore I mean, and to put themselves in a position where they're able to consult and be you know and be listened to <laughs> and respected. Yeah. It's an awful lot of those people type skills. It's relationship building skills. 
so not every agency or client or, or company can um, rely on um, such awesome tools as the Clifton Strengths, etc. So, but I am already my mind's worrying about the concept of looking for relationship builders or how people build relationships mm. uh, when it comes to choosing new staff, helping to choose whether we work with clients, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. What, and this is really putting you on the spot, but what would be ideal questions or ideal things to be looking for if you were if you were trying to ensure that the person that you were going to be working with have that innate ability or that growing ability to be able to challenge effectively to challenge opinions and consult Mm. well I'd ask them sort of questions like you know tell me about a time when you had to have a difficult conversation with somebody and what happened you know how did you approach it what did you do because their response will give you an idea about how much they understand the you know like understood the other person's position how they chose to approach it the language they used all that kind of stuff which would give you a sense of you know their true ability in that area how much do you think that the process of giving feedback is dependent on chemistry as in if you have a a a chemical bond with somebody or any kind of bond Mm. does it make it easier or more difficult for them to hear you when you're trying to give them feedback or is it all in the way you give the feedback and they receive the feedback yeah, as it's in the delivery you know it, it's it, chemistry or not if if you know if you've got great chemistry but something you know a message or, or a piece of feedback is delivered in a way that isn't <laughs> isn't likely to be well heard by the other person it's not going to work very well you know and it's it's and it's a really it's a tough thing to put your finger on because it's partly it's about tone it's about the language you use it's about you know like covering really difficult things you know and you and I've had many of these types of conversations (laughs) with clients in the past you know I mean it it reminds me of you know I mean I had several instances in my own my own PR career when I had to have really tough conversations with clients of you know in different guises you know one where where you know the the team hadn't we just hadn't delivered we hadn't done the job for a number of reasons you know the client's furious and it's bringing them down off a ledge so you know and keeping maintaining them to you know um clients who are just having a really tough time and just and, and treating the team badly because they're getting a tough time internally and then you know it's rolling down from them onto onto the team and you've got to address it in that way or clients who just think that they can ask and they will be given regardless of what budget they've got you know so there's all sorts of different things but it's it's about the way you know it's very important I just think tone and language is really important if you've got the relationship as long as you deliver it in the right way yeah Yeah, sensitively to the individual and again that's and be honest about it when stuff goes wrong or when when you put your hand up when when there has been a mess up which you know I had to do several times (laughs) and it's one thing that has always puzzled me PR as an industry isn't allowed to be wrong. Sometimes it feels like um, it should always be okay to say, we thought this would work. And for lots of different reasons, it hasn't worked. And I'm sorry, but we worked really hard to try and get it to where it was. Yeah. And here's, and here's how we did it and what we did. Yeah. And if you and if you have that chemistry, that trust, then a client would hopefully... They'll get over it. Yeah, I've got a good example here. So years ago, I won't name the the client was a big multinational firm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And 
I had an intern on our team who, for I don't know what reason, sent out a press release with all the track changes in to a bunch of journalists outside of our jurisdiction. And it, it, it landed in the inbox of a particular journalist who had an absolute hatred of the client. So they found the email address of the most senior external comms person at global level of said client and forwarded the track changed email to that individual oh with a note that said, glad to see that said client is paying peanuts to monkeys to do their PR. <laughs> and as that email landed, my client, my, my, my jurist, right, my client from, from, from Europe was happened to just be visiting <laughs> corporate and was sat next to the individual that had received that email. Oh my goodness. And so I got the phone call from the client to go, what the hell is this? Now, because I had a really good relationship, because I'd used the, you know, we had a lot of chemistry, because also, you know, you just have to put your hand up when you, and I just said I have absolutely no idea how that's happened I apologized profusely I was like I'm going to go find out right now I'm going to fix it what you know I'm going to make sure it never happens again I'm going to ring you back and tell you what's happened and that's what I did and when I rang him back he ended up laughing you know I mean instead of firing <laughs> you know he just like look you know well, it is kind of funny in a way. It's it's funny that that individual journalist felt that that was something that would. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't make it up. I was like, no. wow. No, but, no. But okay. again, the relationship held because we'd had that kind. You know, we'd built that chemistry. We had a lot of mutual trust and respect. I held my hand up and went, "It's our complete mess up. Let me fix it. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing in order to ensure this never ever can happen again." And you know, it's like, what else could what else could he say other than you know what? Fair enough. <laughs> like this stuff happens. The the amount of uh, times I've been told in my career that a good PR person is paranoid is crackers, because that kind of activity it makes a par- makes a paranoid person that that the person who did that will never forget it and you will I mean gosh you know I you and I have some actually that we can't talk about here some shared horror stories on stuff like this I think but partnership with 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 a client or with a you know that that person's line manager or the team would see it for what it is an honest mistake because nobody would do that on purpose of course they wouldn't you know and it was just and and you know also you set responsibility because you know that that the intern was free to be able to do that and there was not enough you know checks bells and whistles around it to make sure that that kind of thing couldn't happen so that was ultimately that was on me you know so yeah you know we had a good old laugh about it afterwards because what could you do and it's just but you know lesson learned yeah and no damage was done and in actual fact it was really interesting because the client afterwards said to me when he came back from the states said to me you know it's what I really appreciated was your absolute honesty and you putting your hand up because he'd had another experience with another agency and another lead where they tried to cover up and tried to, you know, and uh-huh. not really apologize and not, you know, for something that had happened. And that, that had really upset him and, and infuriated him. Whereas just, just <laughs> being straight about it, going, you know what, I'm so, so sorry, but here it is. Here it is. Yeah. 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 So it strengthened the relationship. 
and the partnership. <clears throat> How do you think values are affecting the concept of chemistry? So by that, I mean that um, anecdotally, I'm hearing a lot more that during the process of finding a new agency, looking at agencies that share values and also have similar attitudes to diversity and inclusion and can prove that and you know are maybe working towards b corp status or r b corp status how much is the an agency's values now dictating whether chemistry is even possible i think at a corporate level when you talk about chemistry as a kind of tick box exercise, and it's a terrible thing to say, but it's generally, you know, it, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, you have those, those things are important. They have, you know, they're important anyway, but they, from a procurement point of view, particularly when they're involved, it's a tick box exercise to make sure that, you know, the right types of programs and things are reflected. Completely. If you, honestly, if I was to write and uh, if I was to write a new business win release with my eyes closed in the quote, there would be something about how this company aligns with our values or they picked us because we are aligned with their, their values. Yeah. And it, it's kind of, it, it, it's just expected now and rightly so, you know, with all of this stuff. But I think when you think about it from a personal level, it's really important because, mm. you know, if you've got, and it depends on, on, on whether or not, you know, clients or people have, have really thought through what their own values are and kind of articulated them to themselves or not, you know, it, it's still an instinctive reaction. So that client I was just talking about that, you know, appreciated the fact that I was honest, honesty was absolutely core to the way he operated, you know, and, and everything he did, he just wanted yeah. a straight answer and, 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 and stuff. You know, I've had clients that where fairness was a really important thing, you know, treating things fairly, and then they would treat our team fairly, and, and they'd want to know that we were looking after our team members and that kind of thing. You know? yeah. So it's, I think that's actually quite important. And it's, an, it's a, not necessarily an articulated part of chemistry, but again, I think it's some, it, it's a feeling that's created. You know, if you meet somebody, if you meet team members and you, you, you feel an instant connection, values are going to be underpinning it somewhere along the line. You know, humour, for example, humour is another one. You know, like you said, for you, that's really important. Humour is important and, 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 and laughing. And so, you know, if you, if, for anybody where that's key, if you've got a client where that's really important and they've got, a, a, you know, an agency team pitching and they're all quite serious and that, that's their nature, it's not going to be a very good fit from a values point of view. Mm, yes, and I feel like there's room in the pitching process and the, the onboarding of a new client process to say, what are your values and how are you how are you living them? How would we expect to see them when we're working with you? Yeah. And I would like to be asked what our values are and how we're demonstrating them as well. Yeah. And, and then I'd like to be giving our team the opportunity to explain it rather than hearing from me. Yeah. And I think if because I'm a relatively dominant person in terms of my um, ability to govern a meeting with my verbal presence, let's just leave it. I much prefer it when people steamroller and, um, and get on with it and shut me up. Yeah, well, we used to, I introduced a practice well, in my last agency um, where, you know, in pitches where we would give each team member, you know, every, usually each team member introduces themselves and they say, I'm so-and-so and I'm an account exec and I've- Oh, do you remember that in years. a room? Oh, awful. Yeah. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. It doesn't work. It's awful. And it doesn't tell the client anything about who, 
people art. So I, I introduced a new practice where I got each of them to introduce themselves, but in a very personal way, to give a flavour of who they were, what they were about, kind of what their skill set was. So we had what. So for example, I had one account exec who she was she was the most stunning girl. She she was an ex Revlon model, <laughs> and yeah. um, you know. You don't have to talk about me like I'm not. But she used to do Notting Hill Carnival every year. It was like her massive passion. And she would go and she'd have this big headdress and all the sequins and the feathers and everything. And then, wow. you know, she was part of a team and they all did this every year. And she was an account exec. And so she would introduce herself and say, hi, my name's so-and-so, you know, and I'm, I would be, you know, I'd be your account executive. Now, to give you a little flavor of me, I'm not, I'm not really a wallflower you know in my spare time I like to spend my time doing this and she would just give a picture and she'd say so that means I'm not afraid to get on the phone I'm going to be ringing your journalists and I'm going to be doing this stuff. and it gave a real flavor and sense of her as a person as well as what she would bring and it just yeah. used to work really well you know we had another team member equally would talk about how they were absolutely, they were just like the most fastidious person on earth, you know, for them, dotting every I, crossing every T, make, they were in charge of the reporting, you know, the reports and the, you know, making sure that every, all of the data was correct and everything else. And so, you know, but people brought themselves to the table. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I'm in deep admiration of people who could admit to being fastidious and enjoying spreadsheets. <laughs> it's not me and they do exist. Um, the very, <laughs> they are the most important person in the room usually. <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, that's given me real inspiration to make sure that, you know, we talk about values a lot more um, mm. than, we talk, than we talk about just chemistry. But to bring it back down to earth, mm. how is procurement killing chemistry? Because, I mean, in, in our sector, in GovTech, for our clients, mm. the procurement process to get work with their customers is really dry. Yeah. Really, really dry. And, and that's it. It does totally kill chemistry because chemistry will be one small box on a big long checklist of things and will probably be given quite a small percentage compared to, you know, demonstrated ability to do yeah. X, Y, Z, you know, which 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 makes it really difficult because even if, you know, a client team has a preference based off, you know, the chemistry, based off, you know, obviously what they've seen, they believe the team could do the job, but ultimately the scores that have been given are slightly less than another agency where they didn't feel that affinity, where they did, you know, those are the ones they're going to have to work with. And that sets it up for, you know, that's just not the best place to start. No, it's not. And actually, you've now got me wondering about pitching in general, and especially when you're pitching to people that you don't know that well, but how you structure that pitch and your tone and how it's such a risk to go in with a particular tone if you don't know that much about how that person operates of what might be picked up as being a good chemical reaction for them or a good yeah. chemical reaction for them. You know, if you're going with familiarity or you're going with a, a big showreel of all the fantastic stuff that you've got. I mean, like most people, I've been watching that guy on tiktok doing his funny agency his funny agency things i've forgotten his name but they are very accurate and the one i watched this week was about what you do with your own face whilst your show reel is showing in a pic <laughs> so accurate and it just made me think how um mantis actually doesn't have one but it just made me think that i'm just quite glad that you know it's the same for everybody isn't it if, if you haven't sort of done your 
due diligence into what this person might see as chemistry. Yeah. If chemistry's on the RFP, it's like, you know, when you get, and, and you know, we've been there many times before, when you get an RFP and then you want to have a meeting, you want to actually speak to the client, you want to talk yeah. about the brief, but also get a sense of them as a person yeah. and what the, all the people and, and what they're like. And, and then they say, no, no, it, it's absolutely madness. But it reminds me actually of like a brilliant, I mean, the Text 100 story about how they won IBM all those years ago, you know, yeah. with Mark Adams and how they, you know, in that scenario, they were the underdog, got, you know, got put, managed to get themselves on a pitch list somehow. Nobody expected anything of them. They couldn't engage with the client beforehand. And when they walked into the pitch, it was just, you know, typical IBM of old, a big bank of, you know, men in, in pinstripe suits, yeah. deadpan faces, all in a row facing them. Mm. And, 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 this, and, and as they started the pitch, you know, it was completely cold, you know, they were getting absolutely nothing from them. And Mark Adams was, you know, was watching his team doing their thing and they were doing the best they could, but they were getting absolutely no reaction. And he would just recognise they were never, ever going to get anywhere if this continued, didn't matter how good the pitch was or how good the content mm. was. So he, he decided to do something unusual in order to try and break this, this sort of strange setup. So he started off by taking off his jacket. Mm. And he put it on the back of his chair. And then he started to take off his tie. So he started to kind of ruffle his tie and pull it off. And, mm -hmm. At which point, these, you know, these, these clients are looking at it and going, Everybody what woke is he up. doing? Everyone woke up, you know. But he still, he took off his tie and they were sort of watching him. And he undone, you know, his top button. And then he really still, he still needed to go further. So he took off his shoes, <laughs> at which point they started laughing and he used it to say, look, I need to do something to break the ice. And of course, by the end of the pitch, they'd won it. They'd managed yeah. to build, you know, create that chemistry in the meeting room. But... And you, you see, know. there's a company who obviously you and I both used to work with very extensively. There's a company who had an outer core of a way that they were perceived and they knew it. You know, they knew the way people saw them and they harden that shell but underneath yeah. as you know both of us know and love lots of people who work there now they're not yeah. like that underneath no, no, no. the chemist the chemistry is the chemistry is there but the corporate veneer is veneer. Is, is also very strong we're going to run out of time for all the questions I've got which is <laughs> let me think what else shall I ask you who should be accountable for deciding whether there's chemistry or not do you think enough agencies turn down work Agreed. No. But I mean, there's lots of reasons why clients and, and uh, agencies should never get together in the first place, mm. in my opinion. Chemistry is a lot of it. Mm. There's also the chemistry around the finances as well a bit. I, I, I think that, you know, and this is a long discussed topic, mm write me a 12 month proposal with three creative ideas. What's your budget? Don't know, you tell us. Yeah, oh God. You know, that's a first marker in the sand for... Don't bother. <laughs> you don't bother and you have the luxury of saying that. Yeah, a lot of agencies aren't brave. I remember 
again, you know, you know, several times over in different agencies where you, exactly that happens. You know, they go, you've got you've got five days to pull together a pitch against this RFP. Like you said, 12 month plan, three creative ideas. You, we're not telling you what the budget is, you know, so you're given barely any time. You've got no idea what the parameters are and you're supposed to create something. And because obviously agencies are in the, you, know, you want to win business, it's important. You want, you know, you, you so many times the right decision was to say no and to put it, you know, from to, to safeguard the team's time and energy and the, you know, the amount of wasted time and and, and monetary value. And also the process of molding that chemistry upwards. Yeah, as well, as and I remember say. hearing about one agency where we 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 end up working on this pitch in those sort of scenario in that sort of scenario and you know with no with, it was literally like four or five days to pull something together and of course you know it, it was chaos and everyone was working pull, pulling in all nighters and all that sort of stuff and then I heard about another agency who'd been given the same brief who turned it down and said frankly in order to do I, I, we're not putting our minds on this when we haven't got enough time to do it justice so we would need two weeks and it would be this and we this would be the minimum budget and the client said okay because they had you know it built respect so whilst everybody else scrabbled around and had to do you know did a half-assed job frankly because there was not enough time and no parameters they were absolutely eschewing because they held firm and I think it's really bright it's really and is great that the, is that decisions. the chemistry is that the chemistry yeah, because it showcases that... absolutely it yeah. showcases that you value your own your own team your own agency's time and money and that you know you you also want to do a really solid job and and so you're not prepared to do something that's half cocked because you know you, you're not given what you what's required in terms of time and budget so, yeah, and I remember thinking that for me, I was like, that tells you everything you need to know about how best to operate. Even, and I totally appreciate how hard it is, you know, and I know, you know, I come from a commercial environment, I get it. But the waste of time and money, you know, when you add it all up for all of those pictures that don't work because of those scenarios, what mm. was the point? And back to what you said right at the beginning about how you can only get people to change incrementally when it comes to being accountable for whether there's chemistry or not, when it comes to whether you're deciding whether an agency just isn't working for you because they're getting too many things wrong or they've not got it, they've not understood what you need, or, or you've got a client that's you know really difficult to work with for whatever reason, there's got to be somebody accountable within the agency or client environment yeah. to say, okay, it's not going to work so we just we're not feeling this aspect of it yeah and that's a really tough job and again back to what you were talking about earlier about how to look at having difficult conversations having a difficult conversation about breaking a relationship mm. and sort of putting your marker down and saying the chemistry's yeah. gone. The connection's gone. It's a diff. It's a. It's a difficult one, especially as you say, if you're in a commercial environment. Yeah. And that's certainly something that I think most of us agency professionals find hard to be able to go to the person that they're they're accountable to and say, "We can't make this work." Yeah. 
but you know it, it's and again it boils back down to values because if you if you're in a scenario where you've got a client who's just impossible to work with for whatever reason you know particularly if they're not treating the team very well if they you know they just mm-hmm. they don't listen they don't they're just making demands that are impossible to deliver on all of that stuff and you know and you've tried and you've tried and you've done everything you can and it's just not working and the, the team is miserable we're overworked it's thankless mm-hmm. you know if you if you hold firm and make the decision to part ways it does an awful lot from a values you know based point of view for the team it communicates do you know what you're important <laughs> you know I've, I've, I've seen a lot of instances where this hasn't been the case and the fallout which is that you end up losing people it costs a fortune to replace them in terms of time and money and it, it you know for what wise woman once said to me Alison O'Leary <laughs> wise woman once said we teach people how to treat us now I've done quite a lot of thinking about that (laughs) in relation to chemistry Mm. and that's that's it isn't it that's that is it when it comes to the client relationship completely you need to put the each side need to put your absolutes there and say this is how I'd like this is how I'd like to treat you. This is how I want you to treat me. This is how I think we should treat each other. And that's what we're not talking about at yeah. the start of a pitch. It's the expectations that, mm-hmm. that you have for how you want to be treated and how they, you know, and, and vice versa. You know, like yeah. you said, that stuff doesn't get talked about. Yeah. I mean, the classic example would be previous place I've worked, we had a, a list of things you would expect us to do, like an agency contract, if you will, that we would put in our new business. And one of the things, there was a list of things we would do. We will respond to your email within two hours. We will respond to your phone call within 10 seconds. Yeah. You know, we'll, we will make you a cup of tea within <laughs> your arrival in our business or whatever. And that is, that's exactly setting how we expect to be treated isn't it we're teaching the client that if we are one minute over on this that we've failed you yeah and absolutely we've we've given you a an outline of our (laughs) chemistry our chemist our chemistry of what you know what what we uh, what we expect yeah yeah the biggest Um, biggest thing I used to use in that you know particularly with new clients you know we we used it years at texts and and stuff but it you know it was a scope of work document that right from the very get-go with any new client because clients find it very easy to just keep asking for more and they don't really understand what their budget buys mostly and they don't much care you know the more they can get the better it's very easy for teams to just because they want to do a good job, particularly when the client, when the relationship is new, to just keep saying yes. And again, you so teaching the client that you're just there to do their bidding, that you know they don't need to worry about the budget and all of that stuff. And then you just end up with a whole amount of over service that isn't valued by the client. And you know, we always used to set up the very beginning as part of that, you know, type of contract you're talking about. But it was like, here is a system that we're going to use. And it's a scope of work system where we're going to scope out all of the work per month that we're going to do against the budget. All the things we know we've got going on, who's doing yeah. what, yeah, you know, and, and which you're going to sign, you know, which we can send to you. So it's all transparent. So you can sign it off, you know, and if there's anything that's outside of that budget or you're, you know, you surprise things land in the middle of the month or you actually just want more, then there's a cost to it. You either swap stuff out or you pay more money. Yeah. 
and that's you know agencies work on different billing models don't you the one yeah. you describe is exactly what we have that's the way it works and some agencies work on you know quarterly budget and and hours within it and things like yeah. that but again it comes back down to chemistry it's how you are how you ask and how you react and yeah. how and you're, how you you're, have that conversation when you go yeah. it doesn't quite fit <laughs> exactly well listen we are definitely now up to our allotted 45 minutes for this conversation which is a right old shame because obviously I could chat on about this for ages but I think that we've talked about a lot of topics that some people will find interesting and helpful as well it's been a real pleasure so just remind me if people are interested in hearing more from you Alison Mm O'Leary where can they find you? They can find me at my website, which is uh, Live True. I'm on LinkedIn <laughs> and Facebook. You can find me in most places. Mega. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, for thank you for having me. It's been fun. All right, then. Cheers. <laughs>